Our Holy Gospel today is from the third chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Etheria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Whew, that was a mouthful. <laughs> during that time, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. And he went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, the crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough places plain, and all mankind will see God's salvation. The gospel of our Lord. We'd like to have you uh, pray with me as we begin our time of meditation together today. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, granted by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Just a personal note uh, from myself to you. Uh, that is perhaps, if not the most favorite choral piece of my life. I, I know that there's lots of beautiful, wonderful choral pieces out there, but that, that particular song uh, has more significance in my life than any other choral piece that's ever been sung. So that was actually a, a personal request on my part to have that song sung today as, a more, as very appropriate for the text that we had before us that was just read to us from the Gospel of Luke. So again, thank you, choir. Thank you, Bryant, for um, providing that, that music offering today. Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2 reads, Let mutual love continue. And do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. In Matthew 25, verses 37 and following, Jesus is speaking about the final judgment and the coming of the Son of Man in his glory. And he's speaking of those on his right and those on his left. And to those on his right, he says, come and inherit the kingdom. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And they asked, when did we do all of these things? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth just as you did it to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it 
unto me. I had the privilege of having an encounter this week with a person that I'd never met in my life. And I think it was the voice of Jesus. It was Jesus visiting me in my office. Through a 70-year-old woman who's been living in her car in the desert for almost a year, just outside the outskirts of Lake Havasu City. Her spot in the desert, it is ever changing from one day to the next. As I think back on that encounter with her, I think that it was the voice of Jesus. It was the voice of Jesus reminding me that the desert is a very abrasive and a very difficult place to live or to even survive. Most of us here don't even, we can't even begin to comprehend what that must be like. Yes, we make our brief little encounters into the desert, you know. We might do our little walk out to Sarah Park or we might, you know, buzz out into the, uh, out into the desert in one of our fancy little rigs that we've got, you know, and have our good times out there in the desert. But I don't think any of us really even know. And can't, we can't even begin to conceive what it must be like to have to live and survive in the desert. It is a difficult and abrasive and rough place. For those who are simply trying to survive in the desert, danger and uncertainty is a part of their everyday reality. Especially for a 70-year-old single woman living out of her car. Even the weekend warriors with their RVs and razor rigs make the survival even more difficult as they muscle in and take up those prime wilderness spots. She spoke of the many times that she's been treated and looked upon as less than human. Yes, it's happening even now in the year 2021. People are still looked down upon as less than human. In her meager attempts at getting access to various forms of access, even something as simple as access to Wi-Fi or internet accessibility, she has been treated with disdain and lack of respect. Because you see, Having no address in this world makes you even more of a nobody. And people and government systems and entities don't respect or consider you a person when you have no address. The voice of Jesus came to me this week in the voice of a homeless 70-year-old woman living or should I say, surviving? Or what should I say, subsisting in the wilderness? It's a very abrasive and difficult place to try and survive.
The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And they shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The wisdom of God seems like foolishness, and yet Scripture also tells us from Paul's letter to the people of Corinth that God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And he further goes on, he writes, that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God's word has always been and it always will be a voice that speaks and calls for justice. When I hear these words from the voice of John the Baptist in his reiteration of the prophet Isaiah, I hear a voice of hope. I hear a voice calling for justice. This is the foolishness of God, and it is the wisdom of God simultaneously to have these words come out of the voice of a person who is considered a nobody. In the eyes of the time of John, John was just a nobody, calling out in the wilderness. And yet, when we look at Scripture time and time again, it is the wisdom of God to speak and to bring the kingdom of God into our presence to actually see Jesus through the lowly lives of the poor and the people of no importance in the eyes of the world or in the eyes of those with power and influence. Did you hear that litany of all those leaders that I read off at the beginning of that gospel lesson today? God did not come through them. God came through a voice from a nobody in the wilderness. And yet that is the wisdom of God. So I wonder, was Jesus present in my office this week, in that 70-year-old woman. The more I think about it, the more I think that was actually the presence of Jesus in my office. When you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. I stopped by the church yesterday, about noon, maybe a little bit after noon, to take in that miracle of Jesus walk through Jerusalem event. And as I came in, there were numerous members of our church family who were dressed in all kinds of attire, representing the time and the look of the people of Jesus' time. And as I stood there and kind of took it all in, I thought to myself, those fools for Jesus. Those fools for Jesus. 
standing and walking around in these costumes supposedly representing people from 2,000 years ago, giving those who would actually come in, into our th threshold of our doors to have a tour so that they could get just a glimpse, just a glimpse of what life was like for Jesus and the people of his time. You know, this isn't the first time that people have been dressing up in all of these weird concocted costumes. I did it as a kid growing up. You did it as a kid growing up in your church. We've all had those experiences where we've all tried to reenact this life of Jesus and the pageantry of all of that stuff that we've done for years and years and years and centuries. Maybe not centuries, maybe decades. Maybe they, had, maybe they didn't do it, you know, 150 years ago out in the wild, wild west, I don't know. But why have we been doing that? Why, why did the people yesterday get themselves all dressed up and we did all this stuff out there? Made ourselves look like fools in a certain sense. Because in the eyes of the world, if the world was really looking in upon us right now, they would say, those people are fools. They're foolish. They're absolutely fools to dress up in these concocted uh, dress. But they did it because they know how important it is. And we keep doing it because we know how important it is to keep telling the story of God. The salvation story of God who loved the world so much that in the wisdom of God, God chose to come into the world in weakness and in vulnerability. How much more vulnerable can you get than to be a child born into the world, into a place of insignificance, a place only suitable for livestock? And I thought to myself, this is what hope looks like. This is what faith in Jesus Christ looks like. This is what the foolishness and the wisdom of God looks and sounds like. It is foolishness that is wiser than human wisdom and it is stronger than human strength. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked should be made straight, and the rough places smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the voice of God's justice, and it is the voice of hope. And we see little glimpses of that every once in a while. None of us have yet seen those valleys completely uplifted, and none of us have seen those mountains completely laid low. But we do see little glimpses of it every once in a while. And I saw a glimpse of it this week. 
The valley got a little bit more lifted up, and the road was looking just a little bit straighter this week when Patricia Jakes from Catholic Charity stopped by the church with her pickup. And we loaded up her pickup with all of those items that you have purchased for those who are experiencing homelessness in Mojave County. The back of her truck was literally filled with sleeping bags and tents and socks and baby wipes and energy bars and deodorant and so much more. And as I saw that, I saw a small glimpse of hope and justice that was made possible this week because out of the foolishness of God and out of the wisdom of God, this faith community said through our purchasing of these items, this faith community said, we still believe in hope. That we still believe in a sense of justice for our community, especially for those in our midst who are trying to survive in the wilderness. Especially for those who, in the eyes of our world, are nobodies. These words from John the Baptist and the prophet Isaiah, they are as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago, or for that matter, 2,700 years ago when the prophet Isaiah walked this earth. This world and this country needs to hear these words now more than ever. This world and this country needs the voice of God speaking through the life of the church. Because the church is the voice of God. And the church continues in the eyes of the outside world, we continue to trust in the foolishness of God that is wiser than all human wisdom. You and I, we are both, all of us, we are, we are all fools for Christ. We're all absolute fools because we believe in that hope. We believe in that justice. And we believe in a God who is wiser and stronger. So what does justice and hope look like? It looks like an infant lying in a manger. It's the foolishness of God in a baby child. It's the voice of a desert preacher calling for the repentance of sin, for a turning towards God and to putting our eyes and our path towards living for God. I think that's one of the things that's fundamentally wrong with our country right now, is that we've stopped putting our eyes on God. We don't have our eyes on Jesus anymore. 
If this country actually was a Christian country like it claims to be, if we're really looking on, facing on God and looking at Jesus, we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in. And it's time for this country to start looking and seeing God. And that's a voice of hope. It's a voice of justice that continues to need to be spoken and talked about again and again and again. It's continually hearing the voice of God and heeding to call to keep on finding ways to work for, to fight for, and to live out God's justice and hope in the world that so desperately needs God right now. It's a voice that needs to be heard. And the day is coming, the day is coming when all flesh shall finally see the salvation of God. The day is coming. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.